Turn with me to Joshua, would you please? Um, and I'm going to be speaking to you today on the subject, forward, going forward with God um, in the new year. Going forward with God in the new year. We just crossed a threshold into a brand new year, and we don't know what the tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Amen. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead, therefore the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot, you will be, uh, will be uh, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev, Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not, you will not, I will not fall, fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. Turn neither to the right nor to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instructions continually and meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my commandment. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then in chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, um, the context is in going across the threshold into the new land, um, the, the word to the Israelites is... Um, Keep your eye on the ark. Follow the priests that bear the ark. Follow the ark. In other words, um, be following God. Um, be following and obedient to God. Um, and in that context, um, you will be victorious. Um, and then he says, because you have never traveled that way before. Um, you've never traveled that way before. Um, we are on the threshold um, of a new year. We have just 18 days ago. We crossed the threshold in the, in the new year, and we have never traveled this way before. Never in a, a year of transition, I think in my lifetime, have we seen so many dynamics in the future, have so many things turned upside down. I was reading an article about NATO, and the author said this. He said, we have just entered into an upside down world. Um, we have entered into uncharted waters um, in 2017. I'm sure you'll agree with me and I won't go into detail. Um, but if we are going to be successful, um, we need to do like the Israelites um, and follow the ark. Uh, follow God. Um, obey God. Um, revere God. Um, 
be, be very steadfast in trusting the Lord because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, if you please. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path into 2017. He will give you the way to go. He will show you how to navigate in a difficult time. He will bless your life if you'll trust in the Lord. Keep your eyes on the ark. Keep your eyes on the manifest presence of God, and you will be successful in this new year. Speaking of thresholds, nearly 54 years ago, I carried my new bride across the threshold into our new home and into our new life together. Come on up here, sweetheart. I want to make a demonstration. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this was not rehearsed. You know, Ecclesiastes says uh, there's a time and a season for everything, and now is not the time or the season. Okay. But I <laughs> into our new life. Now, Cheryl and I, um, we started out with prayer. Um, when we were dating, we prayed together. Um, now, we had a lot of fun and did a lot of wonderful things, um, but we started out every day with prayer. And then when we were getting serious, my wife really prayed. <laughs> and we really prayed that we would make a right decision. And God gave my wife a song, God made you for me, that together he his will might see. And it's with four verses she sang at our wedding. But my point is that as we sought first, uh, sought first the kingdom of God, um, we trusted God. Um, he is the one that directed our steps. Um, now, nearly 54 years later, we look back um, and we say, wow, God, you blessed us. Um, it's been a good journey. Um, we've got four kids, um, nine grandkids. Um, we've got spiritual kids literally all over the world. Um, and God has been so good to us um, because we trusted the Lord. Every year that went by, we made new commitments to God, and we have been unbelievably blessed, blessed if you please, and God has directed our lives. And I could, I, could, I could bore you with all kinds of testimonies, but I've chosen just one today, speaking about God's direction in our lives. You see, God knows our future. God lives in the future, and therefore, if we will trust Him, He will guide us now so that in the future, we can see the wisdom of His guidance. When, uh, shortly after I got out of the Navy, within two years after getting out of the Navy, um, we were still newlyweds, uh, and within two years we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, or uh, a little bit out of Tulsa, and uh, in two years we accumulated uh, two babies and two pieces of land. <laughs> We're a very busy couple. And so then God called us to ministry. God called us to ministry. And you know, some people hear a still small voice, and God speaks to them that way. But God spoke to me audibly in my ears, so much so that I turned around and looked to see who was talking. And probably God said, you know, there's a hard-headed German there. I got to shout at him in order for him to hear me. How many know you, can't, you can always tell a German? 
but you can't tell him much. <laughs> anyway, so God spoke to me, and, and, and then we were uh, getting ready to go down to Bible school, um, and uh, we had these two pieces of land, um, and I said, you know, why, why don't we sell this one in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, two and a half acres uh, we had bought for just an investment, uh, and, 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 and why don't we just sell that one and keep this one in Hidden Valley. Hidden Valley was a wonderful, picturesque valley in Oklahoma. Uh, right outside of Tulsa. And my wife said, whoa, let's pray about it. Well, at that point, I wasn't used to praying about things like that. You know, you just logically make it, oh, this is such a nice, and this is just plain Jane. And so uh, we prayed about it, and God moved on our heart, um, and uh, we just did just the opposite. We sold the one in Hidden Valley, and God provided a buyer almost immediately from our church, and uh, it was enough to get started in Bible college. And years later, maybe 16, 17 years later, we needed the money to start our two oldest children in college. And so we went down, and, and we, uh, we sold the land in Oklahoma for eight times more than what we had paid for it. Turned out to be a powerful investment. And I said, let's drive by the other piece of land in Hidden Valley. And it, it went the other way. It was not a good location anymore, to say the least. And we would have lost money on it. What am I saying? I'm saying that God knows our future. He know, And if we will wait upon Him and trust Him, because He lives in the present, He is able to direct our paths, uh, Proverbs 3, 6. He'll direct our paths, if you please. Uh, now, the history of the children of Israel um, is for our example. It's for our example. That's one of the reasons that I'm taking this as a text today, for our example. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, and I'll read a few verses, uh, Paul says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. Yet God, verse 5, was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. And don't grumble as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened, again, these things happened to them as examples for us, they were written down to warn us who live at the end of this age. And we're living at the end of the age, in the end times, if you please. Now, the promised land for the children of Israel was a land of physical conquest. There were giants and walled cities and physical battles. For us, it is a spiritual conquest. Ephesians 6 says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of the air, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, Paul says, put on the whole armor 
armor of God and stand against the enemy. In 2 Corinthians 10, he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and to bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we're locked in a spiritual battle. And everything is thrown against us to try to keep us from moving into that promised land, from moving into the blessing, from fulfilling the destiny that God has for our lives so that we can look back and we can say, yes, Lord, you directed us here. You gave us power here. You gave us a blessing over there. Satan wants to destroy all of that um, by battling against us. And so the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds. Um, and whatever is in your life um, that is keeping you from moving on with God, um, from receiving the blessing that God has, um, whether it's a sin or it's a weight or something that's in the way, and the Holy Spirit will direct you to those things uh, because the Holy Spirit is our friend. Um, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth um, that will set us free. Um, whatever it is, um, whatever the spiritual giant is uh, that's trying to keep you from the blessing of God, um, the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you if you please. Um, and if you're in, in ministry, we ought to all be in some kind of ministry. Um, I've, uh, I want to share just a quick little testimony. Um, we were uh, doing a coffee house um, in uh, Darmstadt, Germany. If you've been in the army and been to Europe. You've probably been there. Um, and uh, one day, the general who was over the several of the bases in that area approached me, um, and he said, I want you to do a coffee shop uh, in, in, on my base in Darmstadt, um, and he gave us a room right off the mess hall, right off the cafeteria, if you please. Um, and it was a perfect place because the GIs could come in, um, and, and then, then they could come right into our coffee shop, and it was so productive. It was, we had people saved every day. We had droves of people saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and it went on for several years. And then the general was transferred somewhere else, and someone came in and wanted to shut down our coffee shop. I was really upset because it was so productive and doing a great work for God. And in that context, we had a, a couple running the, that coffee shop, um, their son um, was in the army, and he was a rabble rouser. He was into drugs. He was into everything you could think of. Uh, but he came and got saved uh, at that coffee shop, uh, gave his heart to God. Um, I mean, he had a revolutionary experience with the Lord. Um, and so when they came over to Germany to visit their son, um, I want to tell you something. They were so amazed. Um, they were so thankful. Uh, they were wonderful Christian people. And then they got the baptism of the Holy Spirit with us. And so they said, I'm going to, he was a, a, an IBM executive. And he went back and he said, I'm taking a year off. I'm going to go back to Germany and run that coffee shop where my son got saved. And they said, no, we can't let you go. He said, I'm going anyway. And they came over and for a year they ran that coffee shop. Powerful. Well, a new person came in and wanted to shut us down. 
And I went to, and many others went to battle in prayer. We battled in prayer. And then one day, God gave me a scripture. And he gave me Isaiah 45, 2. And I, I had read it. I was familiar with it. And it's talking about God breaking the, the bars of brass. Breaking down the bars of brass. Well, you know, if you've been in the military, the brass is the commissioned officers. The brass is the leadership. And so uh, God just gave me that scripture, breaking the bars of brass. I took it, and I said, thank you, Lord. And it wasn't any time at all. This guy was transferred out of there, and we got to keep our coffee shop. Doing spiritual battle, if you please, for us personally, for ministry, and for others, if you please. The promised land is not only a land of spiritual conquest, it's a land of blessing. In verse number 8 of our text scripture, Joshua chapter 1, you will prosper and succeed if you are obedient, you will realize God's plan for your life. Now, God's plan for our life, Jeremiah 29, 11, says, God says, I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, plans of good and not of evil toward an expected end. God's plan, God's divine design for your life is good. It's powerful. It's lofty, if you please. And Satan has a plan for your life, too, and it's the exact opposite. But God's plan, and I've chosen Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified, is so powerful. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified says, for we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works for which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Isn't that a powerful scripture? God has a powerful plan for your life, your life, your life, all of us. He has a divine design that's so far above anything we can imagine, if you please. Now, concerning the children of Israel, the ones that came out of Egypt, came out of slavery, and you remember all the plagues and the miracles that God did for them. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6.23, I brought them out to bring them in. I brought them out to bring them in. But what happened to that first generation is they never came in to the promised land. Why? They just circled around and around in the desert and died in the desert. They grumbled. They murmured. They complained. They were immoral. And all of these things happened. And they just went around and around in circles. And I say of people today, many of God's people, wonderful people, they're saved 
saved but miserable because they're just going around and around. They don't really make it into the promised land. They're not moving in the vision and the plan and the design that God has for them. And so they come short of God's plan. It wasn't God's, it wasn't God's idea. It wasn't God's plan for them that they die in the desert, but they came short. Now, this scripture, this text that I read, lists some attitudes and actions that we need to have in 2017, at the beginning of this year, in order to move into God's will and God's victory for our lives. Number one, we need to go forward decisively. Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 says, Do not deviate, don't go to the right or to the left, but go straight on into what God has for you. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.12, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That high calling of God is for us today. And in order for that to happen, there are two disciplines that are totally necessary. Number one is the reading, a disciplined reading and study of the Word of God. I know you've heard this many times. A disciplined reading and study of the Word of God. Frida Lindsay, who started Christ for the Nations along with her husband, was walking in the campus in Dallas, Texas one day, and she must have been in her 80s at that time, and she said, oh God, why have you been so good to me? Why do we have thousands? We planted thousands of churches around the world. We have students right here from nearly every country of the world that are studying the ministry to go out for you. Why have you blessed us, blessed me so mightily that I can be involved in such a powerful way in eternal values? And she said God spoke to her. God spoke to her and said, because you read my word, out of the word that she devoured daily um, came the promises of God and, 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 the, and the anointing of God um, and the wisdom of God. She said, God told her, because you read my word. In the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil, in Mark chapter 4, um, the, uh, Jesus said, there were uh, seeds sown among uh, the, the thorns, the thorns. Um, and the, the thorns came and choked out the word. Um, I want to read the, uh, Mark 4, 19 in the Amplified. Um, then the cares and anxiety of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasures and delight and false glamour and the deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. Listen, check yourself. And, and I, if, if I... If, if I thought it would do a lot of good, I'd get out on my knees because it's so important for us to have a disciplined time in the Word of God every day. Listen, when you come home from work and you turn on the television, ask yourself, have I been in the Word today? Get up early if you have to. Whatever it takes, get 
into the Word in a disciplined way because out of that will flow all the blessings that God wants to give you. Secondly, amen, amen. Secondly, a time of prayer. Now, prayer is not so much about getting your prayers and needs answered from God. Prayer is about fellowship with God. It's about a time in which you fellowship with God, in which there's the Holy Spirit working, and it's a sweet communion with God, and you get to know God better, and you talk to Him as a friend. So it's a wonderful time of communion with God. The Word, the Word and prayer together will produce for you the path that God wants you to take in 2017. I'm convinced of it. It's a foundational aspect. If you don't develop, if you don't develop a disciplined time in the Word and in prayer, you will never reach the divine design that God has for you. You will fall short, and to a degree, you'll be in the desert just going around and around in circles, and at the end of this year, you'll be just like it was when you started this year. But if you take time and develop a disciplined attitude and time in the Word of God and in prayer, God will show you new exciting things and new paths for your life. I can promise you that. Then we need to go forward righteously. Joshua 3, 5 says, sanctify yourself, purify yourself, consecrate yourself. Hebrews 12, 1 says, put off all any weights and sin that would so easily beset you and run with patience the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Our pastor ran a marathon on Sunday, and I'll guarantee you he didn't carry a suitcase with him. He we need to put off the weights um, in our spiritual lives um, or the sins. Um, and we don't need a list of things um, because the Holy Spirit will show us. Um, you develop a disciplined time in the Word and in prayer. Wait on God, the Holy Spirit. Someone said, if you read the Bible, it'll read you. Uh, and there'll be things that come up and the Holy Ghost says, put that away. Yeah. Get rid of that. That's slowing you down. That's stealing from you. And the Holy Spirit will direct your path. You don't need to go down dead-end streets. You don't need to waste your time on things that are not productive and are not God's will for your life. And He'll give you wisdom. Put off anything that would hinder you. Go forward, number three, confidently. Joshua 1.9 says, Be not afraid, for the Lord is with you. Be not afraid, for the Lord is with you. I want you to know God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life, and we need to go forward confidently. Psalm 112 says, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy. 
<coughs> excuse me, and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly, and they are generous and compassionate and righteous. Those who are righteous will long be remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. And I've written down here, living strong, living strong. We can live strong. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion, if you please. We can live strong and confident as we follow the ark, as we follow God's directness for our lives, if you please. And this is not just for ourselves. Your family needs a champion. Your family needs to just think about the children of Israel uh, as they went into the promised land. Um, they didn't do it just for that generation, just for themselves. They did it for their posterity. Uh, just think how proud they were uh, to present their children the spoils of war uh, and victory that they had won as they battled, if you please. Um, and so as we do spiritual battle, it's not just for ourselves. Um, your family needs a champion. Uh, Hebrews 11 says, Noah built the ark to the saving of his family. 120 years he built that old ark. A few months ago, we visited the ark in Kentucky. You know, it's the largest wooden structure in the world. It is awesome. You look at that thing and you say, how did Noah ever do anything like that 120 years it took him? It's just amazing to the saving of his family. And they, they have, I don't know if anybody here has seen it, but they have living quarters for Noah and his family, and they're fabulous. Gold and all kinds of drapery, beautiful style. I want to tell you something. They lived in style in that ark. Noah built an ark to the saving of his family. In the New Testament, Cornelius, the Bible says, prayed in Acts chapter 10. And the Bible very plainly says that when he prayed, regularly. He prayed regularly. And an angel appeared to him and said, your prayers are recognized by God, are stored up. And there came a time when Peter came to Cornelius' house and preached the word. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came down. And they were saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he was the champion of his family. God's looking for champions. God's looking for people like like you that'll rise up and say, I'm going to fight spiritual battles. I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to move out in a new anointing and a power this year as never before. And I'm going to see victories in my family, if you please. And then go forward supernaturally. Joshua 3, 5. For there will be wonders among you. Pray expecting miracles. I could tell you so many answers to prayer in my family and ministry, and it's just amazing. I could, I could give you so many testimonies. But just this morning, just this morning, we have a son that's a missionary to Germany, been a missionary for 27 years to Germany, and he had a, he had a need, and we've been praying. We have been praying literally for the past couple of years. Just this morning, we had a phone call from a pastor 
pastor uh, up, up in Ohio. And it's amazing just exactly what we were praying for. Um, over and abundantly and above uh, the normal, if you please. Um, I want to tell you something. God answers prayer. So when you pray... Um, Expect God for a miracle. Go forward extensively. Joshua 1.3. The, the Bible tells us that God spoke to Joshua. And he said, I, I, I want to give you the land from the Mediterranean to the Euphrates, from, from the north to the south. And God set the boundaries for them, if you please. Let God set the boundaries for your life. God knows better what you are fitted for and can do, and God will anoint that and enable you to do it. Let God set the boundaries, not your inabilities, not your family members, not your own thoughts, if you please. Because I want to tell you something, by the authority of God's Word, God's plan for you is more than you can ask or even think. So let God set the boundaries. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 in the Amplified. Now to him who by and in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do supernaturally far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams, if you please. What's God's vision for your life? I'll guarantee you it's bigger than your vision for your life. <laughs> I'm thinking of Gideon. Gideon was hiding from the Midianite. He's hiding from the enemy. And an angel appears and says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. He said, who, me? <laughs> he said, I'm the least of the least in the tribe of the least, uh, the Benjamin tribe, and so on and so forth. That was his, that was his idea of himself and, and God's vision. But I want to tell you something. God used Gideon to defeat the enemy and to move in the power of God, the anointing of God, if you please, and then go forward victoriously. Joshua 1.5, no one will be able to stand against you. I, God said, I will not fail you or abandon you. Moving forward in 2017. I want you to stand with me, would you please? Stand with me. And I want the musicians to come. And this is what I want you to do tonight. If there's anything in your life, any giant in your life, walled city in your life, quote unquote, that's keeping you back from God's best for your life, from God's divine design for your life. This is right on the threshold of 2017. This is a wonderful time to make a commitment and say, Lord, by your help, I'm going to defeat that giant. I'm going to move against that thing that's holding me back. And the Holy Spirit will put his finger on that area of your life if you'll just get quiet before the Lord and let the Lord speak to you. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have a disciplined time in the Word and in prayer, Start, start, and let the Holy Spirit help you. Make an appointment with God. And when you make an appointment with God, keep 
that appointment. And 30 days, they say, if you do something 30 days, it'll develop into a habit. And I want to encourage you to do that. And what I want you to do today is I want everyone here, just as, as many as can, I want you to move out toward the front, okay? And I want you to make a commitment to God. Just move right on out. And this is one of the first Wednesdays of this year. Just move right on out. And I want you to make a commitment to God. Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you as our musicians play. The Holy Spirit's going to say, get rid of that. Move here. Make a commitment over there. Change your ways over here. And as you yield to God, then you're going to see the mighty power of God. And at the end of this year, you're going to look back. And you're going to say, thank God, I moved into a new position, a new place, a new blessing in God. This is between you and God. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you even right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.